Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by Senior Pastor, Reverend Dr. Ray Hilton. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture this morning, I think, is a pertinent scripture as we think about the situation that's facing our nation and our world and our communities. Our scripture is from Matthew chapter 8, it's verses 23 through 27. Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Let's just pray before we read the scripture so that God would open our minds and our hearts to receive his word. Lord, we give you thanks again that your grace is amazing, that your love is never-ending, that it is your desire, Lord, that we would know your will. And so even as we read these scriptures and ponder them, send your spirit, Lord, to our homes, into our hearts, and help us to understand more of you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So it's Matthew 8, 23 through 27. And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. A windstorm arose on the sea so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. Thanks be to God. So I want to be honest with you that I never imagined for a single moment that we as a church, as a nation, as a global community, would be facing our current circumstances. I just didn't see it coming, and I have a feeling that many of us feel the same way. If someone had told me that by March of this year, our church would be closed on a Sunday, and we would be worshiping via live streaming, I would tell them, you've lost your mind. If someone had told me that in six days, and this happened last week, the world's markets would experience a $6 trillion sell-off, or that the U.S. stock market would lose about $4 trillion of its value in the same period, I would question their sanity. If someone told me that a day would come in America when people would be fighting over toilet paper, I would ask them, what are you smoking? Or even that the whole world would be brought to its knees by this invisible enemy. No one, no one saw this coming. But here we are. COVID-19 is now a, a global pandemic. People are dying. The economies of our world are tottering. The healthcare systems in many countries are overwhelmed. They're stretched. As of Friday, I read that schools in over 22 nations have closed. I'm sure that number is higher. The reality is COVID-19 has changed our world, our reality, and we may never go back to the way things were. The fear and the panic in the streets and supermarkets and in our homes is quite palpable. 
But as people of faith, what are we to do? What are we to do in these times? I'd like to suggest to you, based on the reading this morning, that we have two choices. We can respond with fear, or we can respond with faith. I see these as the two choices from God's word this morning, fear or faith. Which will it be? In Matthew 18, Matthew 8 and verse 18, Jesus gave these orders, and we didn't read that section. He wanted then, when he saw the crowds coming, he wanted to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And once they were in the boat, Jesus, we're told, fell asleep. And I can only imagine if you were to read the entire chapter that Jesus must have been tired. He must have been weary from the pace of his ministry. According to Mark's version of the same story, we're told that Jesus lies down on a cushion and immediately falls asleep. So even though Jesus, who has all power and authority as the Son of God in his humanity, he gets tired, he sleeps, and we do the same thing, right? And while he's sleeping, as we heard in the text, a violent storm erupts, the storm with its powerful winds and its churning waves, it's about to capsize the boat. Where is Jesus? Again, Jesus is asleep, unfazed, no worries, he's calm. Switch to the disciples, though, what's happening to them? They're losing it, as we say, holding on for dear life, white-knuckled kind of grip, eyes wide with fear. They, they, they run to the stern of the boat and violently shake Jesus I don't know about you, but when I'm sleeping and somebody just shakes me and wakes me up, I'm not, a, I'm not a happy camper. Nobody likes that. And they're screaming, Lord, Lord, save us. We're perishing. And what does Jesus do? He challenges them with a question. Why are you afraid, O oh, you of little faith? Jesus, Jesus' Jesus's question highlights the options that not only the disciples have, but we have today. Are we going to react with faith, or are we going to react with fear? Let's remember, though, let's, let's be honest, fear can have positive and negative effects on a person's life. For example, electricity. It's powering this space that we're in. It's powering your home. It's illuminating, illuminating your home. We use electricity and to cook our food, to do laundry, to watch TV. But I tell you this, you could never pay me enough to stick my finger in an electrical outlet. So my positive fear of electricity keeps me alive. But I want you to know that fear can also be negative. It can be negative, and this is why I think Jesus questioned their fear and their lack of faith. Here's why fear can be negative. Fear breeds panic. It's rational. I read yesterday in the New York Times how these two brothers from the state of Tennessee, maybe you saw the same thing, they bought all the hand sanitizers in Tennessee and Kentucky. Now that's irrational, and that is selfish, and that is fear-based or greedy. Fear demoralizes and immobilizes. Fear stifles faith. Here's another reason why we need to be careful when it comes to fear. Fear causes amnesia, and we forget the magnitude of God's power, that God is with us, that God is going to see us through. And what fear ultimately does is that it diminishes God's glory in our lives. 
And so for all of you Bible scholars out there, what do you think is the most repeated commandment in all of the Bible? And if you know it, you could text it in or you could, you could share that answer with us. The most repeated commandment in all of the Bible, it's two words, fear not. Someone added these up and apparently, supposedly, I've not done it, there are 366 fear nots in the Bible. Fear not for every day of the year, including a leap year. About 20 years ago, David Ivaska, a, a member of our church, a dear brother in the life of this church, wrote a, a helpful little Bible study guide printed by University Press, and the book's called Be Not Afraid. And if you're facing recurring bouts of fear and anxiety at this time, I want to commend his study to you. But David in the book tells of a time when he was overcome. He was overcome with worry and panic and perplexing situations. And he cried out to God for help. And he said the Lord reminded him of these verses from Isaiah 43. But now says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. There it is. For I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flame will not consume you. And I took some liberties. When you're facing COVID-19, God is saying, I'll be with you. And then the Lord led him on a journey where David said he, rediscover, he rediscovered that the Bible is packed with dozens of phrases like fear not, don't be afraid, fret not, let not your hearts be troubled. And we have copies of David's book in our church library. And uh, you can pick it up at some point or you can go online and you can purchase it. But this is the kind of thing we need to surround ourselves with. So the question is, how do we deal with fear? How do we deal with fear? I think one of the ways we could deal with fear then is to, is to walk by faith. You see, most of the anxiety that we face in life has to do with the future. It has to do with the unknown. Even if we're going through something difficult right now, what we're worried about is what will it be next week? What will it be like next month? How, what will my life be like? How long is this going to last? How is this going to change my life? How can I keep this from happening again or to me, and when it comes to the future, when it comes to the future, there are only two ways to approach it. Approach it with faith in the presence of God with you, or approach it with fear as if it's all up to you. Psalmist David said, when I'm afraid, I'm going to put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Second way that we can try to deal with fear is to remember that the loving presence of Jesus is with us. And that's what the disciples needed to be reminded of, that Jesus is in the storm with them, and he is not afraid. He's not anxious about our circumstances. He knows the beginning to the end. He has all power and authority. Remember now, the Word of God tells us there is no fear in love. If you believe that Jesus loves you, you have nothing to be afraid of. Perfect love casts out fear. God loves you. And I think this is why Jesus was asking the disciples, why are you so afraid? 
Don't you know I love you? Third way we can deal with fear is to remember the power of Jesus. So we walk by faith, not fear. We remember the loving presence of Jesus, and we remember the power of Jesus. The disciples were aware that they were helpless. They knew they were helpless in the storm. But again, Jesus was not, so they went to him. And at least, let's give them some credit, they went to Jesus. And if you're afraid, who are you going to? It's good to turn to the CDC. It's good to turn to the, all the health advice that we're getting because really we need to listen to them. But ultimately, we must turn to Jesus. And Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves, revealing that he has the authority. You know, the greatest display of Jesus' power was not when he rebuked the winds and the waves. The greatest display of his power was seen in the resurrection because he declared victory over the powers of death. So we will not fear, even though the mountains shake, even though the earth will fall into the heart of the sea, we will not fear, for God is with us, our refuge and our strength. The last thing I want to encourage you to do as you deal with the fear is to, is to pray. I don't know how many of you know this, but the President of the United States declared today a national day of prayer for America amid the spreading coronavirus pandemic. Friends, let's call on God. Let's pray. Dr. Billy Graham reminds us that we are to pray in times of adversity. Why? Lest we become faithless and unbelieving. We are to pray in times of prosperity. Why? Lest we become boastful and proud. We are to pray in times of danger. Why? Lest we become fearful and doubting. And we are to pray in times of security, lest we become self-sufficient. I'm reminded of the words of our Lord who said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, God says, I'll hear from heaven. So as you pray today and in the days to come for those who are suffering, let me remind you to pray for the doctors and the nurses on the front lines around the world. Pray for our first responders who expose themselves as they're caring for people. Remember to pray for the elderly, the children, the vulnerable among us. Pray for an end to this crisis. Pray for the schools and all the school children around our nation who have now been displaced and families who are wondering, what do I do if I have to go back to work? Pray for unity among our national leaders, that they will put aside politics and narrow-mindedness and instead prioritize the needs of people. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for others. Remember now, courage, courage is fear that has been transformed by prayer and faith. Can I say that again? Courage is fear that is transformed by prayer and faith. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and God's people say, Amen.